Hello and welcome to Dream City Omaha. My name is Robin and I want to thank you for joining us today. If this is your first time with us, please let us know by texting WELCOME to 402-383-1874. Today we're starting a new series entitled Reconnect and it's time for us to come back to a place of connection. See, reconnect, we understand, and it's a word that we all have in our vocabulary because we live in a digital age. We understand connection because anywhere we go, we're connected. Anywhere we go, there's Wi-Fi. Anywhere we go, there's self-service. You actually have to work pretty hard to disconnect. We call those people crazy that live off the grid. Like, why would you, why would you choose to live without connection? And we, we understand reconnecting in a digital age. Some of us are digital natives. We've, we've grown up with connection and with technology and with, with this electronic connection everywhere around us. Some of us are, are not digital natives, but we're digital immigrants. We weren't born into it, but we have adopted this connected lifestyle. And if you're, if you're out there today and you're wondering, well, am I a digital native or am I a digital immigrant? Let me help you out. Okay, just, just so you're aware. If you've ever had to make a phone call by using one of these, you are not a digital native. <laughs> you, my friend, are a digital immigrant. How many of you guys remember these? All the kids are like, what is, is that a, is that a time machine? No, it's not a time machine. <laughs> this is not the flux capacitor. This is a payphone where you would actually have to put quarters into the phone to then make a phone call. And you're like, why wouldn't you just use your cell phone? We didn't always have cell phones. I remember when my dad first came home with our family's first cell phone. Because in those days, you didn't have a cell phone as an individual, you had a cell phone as a family. If you've ever gone into this store, you are not a digital native, you are a digital immigrant. <laughs> Blockbuster. Those of you that are clapping right now, you know that this was the place to be on Friday night. Renting VHS tapes. We remember VHSs and we remember that we have to always be kind and rewind. Only monsters and psychopaths took the VHSs back without rewinding them. You would rent a movie and you would get home so excited to watch it only to pull it out of the case and see all the tape was on the right side instead of the left side. It's like we have to wait two and a half minutes to start it because it's not even rewound now. Some monster returned this without rewinding it. If you ever watch TV like this, you are not a digital native. You are a digital immigrant. And I know what some of you are thinking because today what we tell our kids is back up from the TV. Don't sit so close. You're going to hurt your eyes. How do we know that? Because our eyes are hurting still. Because we, we were that kid. And if you're wondering why that kid is sitting so close to the TV, is because that kid was the remote control. And if your dad wanted the channel changed, all he did was... And you would get up and you'd go and you'd... Turn the knob and you sit back down. Dad didn't want that either. You'd get up and you'd go and you'd 
Turn the knob. See, we live in a digital age. We live in an age of connection and we're connected everywhere we go. And even more so now with remote working and remote learning and Zoom conference calls. And, and we're, we're always connected to each other so much so that when we, when we lose connection, we get frustrated. When that, when that wheel begins to spin, it seems like it's an eternity. And we forget the days of dial-up internet when it literally was an eternity to download one song. But now with our high-speed internet, we see that wheel. And if we see this screen, oh, exactly. That's our feeling like, oh, poor connection. What do you mean I have a poor connection? My connection is good. Why? Why is it a poor connection? We get frustrated if we have poor connection to the point where if my Apple TV starts buffering or if my Apple TV stops playing the episode that I was watching, I will pull out my phone and I will hit 402-933-3000. And you guys are laughing right now because you have Cox's number memorized too. <laughs> like if it's not working, they got 90 seconds to get my show back on before I'm calling the manager who happens to be my brother-in-law. So if they don't answer, he better answer. My cable's out, what's going on? Why? Because we're disconnected. Because we have poor connection. What's interesting to me is that technologically and electronically, when we experience poor connection, we will go to whatever means necessary to rectify that situation. But when we're disconnected or we have poor connection with our Heavenly Father, what do we do? That's all right. We'll fix it later. Maybe next Sunday I'll go to church. Maybe, maybe, maybe next week I'll start reading my Bible. Maybe next term, Pastor Andre, I'll join a small group. Maybe, maybe next time when there's poor connection with the Father or poor connection with others, we don't take the same measures that we do when our phone's disconnected. See, it's time for us to get back to a place of being connected, of reconnecting. And Jesus talks about this in John chapter 15. Jesus is, is talking to his disciples and look at what he says, beginning in verse number one. He says, I am the grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more fruit. You have already been pruned and purified by the message that I have given you. In verse four, he says, remain in me and I will remain in you. What's he saying? Stay connected to me. Stay connected to me and I will stay connected to you for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them, the state of connection will produce much fruit because apart from me or disconnected from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches, what branches? Disconnected branches. Dead branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. God, we pray that over the next few moments that you would open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts, that you would speak directly to each and every one of us. God, for those of us that are here in person, those of us that are joining us online, watching from, from Oregon, Kansas, Omaha, all over the place. God, we, we thank you that we, we can be connected digitally. God, we thank you for the tools of, 
of, of electronics and technology, but God, those tools were never meant to be replacements. And so God, we thank you that we can still gather together. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us wherever we might find ourselves at today. God, that we would come back to this place of connection, the way that you've designed us and for the purpose that you've created us for. We love you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. Last Sunday after church, uh, me and my family went out to lunch. It's one of my favorite things. Like Sunday afternoon lunch is amazing because I know that right after Sunday afternoon lunch comes the Sunday evening coma. Like you go... <laughs> We come to church, we go to lunch, and then we go home. And especially now, because it's golf season, you turn golf on and then you just crash. Last Sunday, we went out to, to eat. We went out to First Watch. And, and we were sitting there at First Watch waiting for our table. I had gotten there first. And so I went in and, and me and Jason and Isaiah were there. And we went in, we put our name in, we sat down. We're waiting for them to get a table ready for us. And as me and my older two boys were sitting there, I noticed from the back of the restaurant, uh, a young lady with a, a First Watch shirt. She was an employee there. She started walking from the back of the restaurant up towards the front of the restaurant. And as she got closer to the front of the restaurant, I noticed she was carrying a leaf blower in her hand. And I looked outside and on the front, front patio, the sidewalk area of the restaurant, there were some leaves that had gathered. And so being the, the logical thinker that I am, I immediately thought she's taking the leaf blower to blow off the patio. Genius level, I know. And as she, she continued walking up, I noticed that it was a battery powered leaf blower. And then I noticed that the battery was not in the leaf blower. And she began walking up and, and I had this, this thought at the moment that you need to tell her before she goes outside that the battery's not in there. But then I'm like, don't be that guy. Because I've made assumptions that were wrong a couple of times in my life, right? Especially during COVID, like you see somebody with a mask on and you think it's somebody that you know. So you go up to her and like, hey, how are you? Oh, you're not that person. I thought you... you you have the same eyes as somebody that I know. And so when I saw your ears, I thought maybe it was the person that I knew. I apologize, you're not that person. And so I didn't, you know, maybe she's carrying it out to her car. Maybe she's lending it to a friend. I don't know what she's doing with it. I could assume, but I could also be wrong. And so I just sat there and she walked by with this leaf blower without a battery in it. And I just leaned over to my boys and I said, there's no battery. And immediately we all three looked up. And there was miraculously a bag of popcorn in our hands. No, just there wasn't. But we watched as she went outside and she went to the patio and with, with full confidence, she pushes the button and nothing happens. She looks at the leaf blower and she pushes the button again and nothing happens. Because she's a digital native and she knows how to fix electronic devices. She hit it a couple times. She pushed the button again and nothing happens. And now she's looking at it. Me and my boys are just watching. <laughs> What's going to happen next? This is so good. How long is she going to try and push that button? She comes in and she comes to the front table and there's another young lady who's working as a hostess. And, and she says, you know, it's not working. And I can't, I can't hear the words coming out of her mouth, but I, in my mind, I'm, I'm already playing it out. It's not working. Well, what do you mean it's not working? I don't know. I pushed the button. Well, did you push it hard enough? I'm pretty sure I pushed it hard enough. Well, let me see. And then this one girl takes it and looks into the blower. 
And I prayed like I've never prayed. God, give there a miraculous jolt of power to this leaf blower because I would love to see that. <laughs> Didn't happen. Didn't happen. She looks at it. She's looking at the leaf blower. They both go back. Nobody's up front. They're both in the back for several minutes. Finally, somebody comes and says, Mr. Wee, so your table is ready. Starts escorting us to the table. As we're walking to our table, she comes walking back with the leaf blower and battery. And as she walked past me, I said, and I didn't mean it how it's going to sound, okay? Don't judge me like the first service judged me. But as she walked past me, I walked past her, noticed the battery, and I just said, found the battery, huh? <laughs> I know how it sounds, but I didn't mean it like that. Found the battery, huh? <laughs> she, she was a good sport and she laughed and she said, yeah, I did. I didn't know. It's fine. Me and my boys were just watching. Thank you for making my day. I will pray for you. But I began, I began to think about it. And she went outside full confidence. My boss, my manager, whoever, instructed me, take the leaf blower, go blow off the patio. She goes out there with full confidence, expecting to just and blow it off. But me, I saw what was happening. And because I recognized that something was missing, I knew there was trouble ahead. You might not know that there's a battery that's supposed to connect right there, but I do. And because I recognize the disconnection that has taken place, I also can tell you that what you think is going to happen is not going to happen like you think it is. Same way in people's lives. People will come to church and, and they won't recognize the disconnection. But when you understand that connection is needed and when connection isn't there, things aren't going to work out the way you think they are. Well, Pastor John, I just, I just got this new boyfriend. It's going to be amazing. Okay, but there's no connection to Jesus. And when that connection is missing and that connection is not right, this situation is not going to play out how you want it to. See, I was able to recognize that because I understood the need for connection. You and me, we were created for connection. We need connection. In the past, you had to work really hard to disconnect. Now it's being mandated. Think about the words that have not just been introduced to our vocabulary, but now are commonplace. Social distancing. Can't be close to you. There has to be a distance between us for your safety and my safety. We can't be that close. Remote work. We got people working from home and working online. What about single people who their only interaction was when they went to work and worked around people? Who are they connected to? Remote learning, distance learning. We, 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 we might understand some of the effects of social isolation on adults, but God help us in 10 years when we start to really understand the effects of 2020 on our children and the, the, the distancing and the isolation that they've had to endure. 
Now understand, I'm not saying to, to be all cavalier about COVID. Yes, the virus is real. Yes, it's there. Yes, it attacks people differently in different ways. And, and I'm not saying that it's a hoax and it's not real and not to take it serious and not to be careful. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is don't disconnect in the name of. Don't disconnect in the name of those things. Quarantine, what is quarantine? Quarantine is defined as a place or a period of complete isolation. Complete and total isolation. And that is, is where we have been and that's what we've been going through. But you and I, we need to understand that we were created for connection. If you're taking notes today, write that down. If you're not taking notes today, why aren't you taking notes today? You were created for connection, even from the very beginning. All you have to do is go back to the Garden of Eden. Genesis chapter one, look at what God says. God says, let us make mankind in our image according to our likeness. Who is this us and who is this our that God is talking to? It's the Trinity, it's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Let us together make man in our Image, what, what does that mean? That word image is, is a, an, an old Hebrew language that would, it, would, it would talk about, it would describe a shadow. It's the shadow of something. It's a representation of something. It's, it's, it's representative of something. You were created to be a reflection of God. What does that mean? What, what is God's nature? What am I supposed to be reflecting? And who's, and what image was I created? It's the very image of relationship. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three together in one. The, the triune God, how does that work? I don't know, but that's the way that you were created. How are we three-part beings? I don't know, but we were created in his image. And if God himself is relational, then you were created to be in relationship. First, with God. There is this God-sized hole in each and every one of us that you can try and find yourself and fulfill yourself and all of these other things and it will always leave you wanting. Why? Because until that connection happens with God, nothing will satisfy. We were created for relationship, not just with him, but we were created for relationship with others. Genesis 2, turn the page. God looks at his creation. He says, it's not good that man should be alone. So what does he do? The Lord God made a woman. He put Adam to sleep and took from him a rib and he brought her to the man. And look at Adam's response in verse 23. At last, at last, God, I've been asking. God, I've been praying. God, I've been believing. And at last, at last. My love has come along. And some of you have been wondering, why isn't Pastor John on the worship team? That's exactly why. <laughs> My lonely days are over. That's what Adam was singing in the garden when God brought Eve unto him. And Adam looks at her and he says, at last, flesh of my flesh, blood of my blood, I will name her what? Woman. W-O-M-A-N. We read it, woman. I think Adam was like, I will name her woman. Whoa, man, that's what I'm talking about. And that was Adam's response. Why? Because look at what Adam had been doing. 
God made Adam, put him in the garden. God gave Adam purpose. Adam, your purpose is to preside over the garden, to care for the garden, to tend to the garden. He gave him a task. I'm gonna bring the animals to you. You will name all of the animals. Now put yourself in Adam's place. Adam sees the birds flying around together. He sees the animals running around together. He sees the fish swimming together. And then he goes home at night and he says, but who is there for me to be connected to? Who is there for me to be in relationship? If the birds have relationship and the fish have relationship, why is there nobody like me? And then when God brings Eve to him, he says, at last. Why? Because we were created for relationship. Each and every one of us, we, we need to come back to that place of connection. You can't be fulfilled until you're first fulfilled in God. You can't be connected to others until you first have an established a connection to God. Think about the greatest commandment. Jesus in the New Testament asked, teacher, rabbi, what's the greatest commandment? What does he say? He says, love the Lord your God, all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is equal to it. Love your neighbor as yourself. I can't do that if I'm not first connected to God. I can't love God if I'm not connected to him. Love my neighbor as myself. I can't do that if I'm not connected to you. We've got people trying to distance and trying to disconnect and, and saying that we're disciples of Jesus. Yeah, who are you connected to? Who are you doing life with? Who are you praying for? Because the New Testament says, pray for one another. Whose burdens are you bearing? Bear one another's burdens. Encourage one another. Who are you encouraging? All of the one another's that I'm commanded as a follower of Jesus to do in the New Testament, I can't do if I'm disconnected. I can't do if I'm not in relationship. We have to understand we were created for relationship. The second thing I want you to write down is this, connection produces life, but isolation produces death. Connection produces life, isolation produces death. John chapter 15, let's go back to it. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me, connection. Those who are connected to me and I am connected to them, we're in relationship together. Those branches those individuals will produce much fruit. What is fruit? Fruit is just a sign that something is alive. A fruit is a sign that the tree is healthy. You don't have to guess whether or not a tree is alive or dead. You will be able to tell whether or not that tree produces fruit. Same with you. How do I know if I'm alive spiritually or if I'm dead spiritually? I would ask you, what fruit have you produced lately? What are you producing in your life? What is being produced in your life? Look at what Jesus says, apart from me, disconnected from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me, anyone who's disconnected is thrown away like a useless branch and withers and such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Isolation brings death, but connection produces life. What's interesting to me is that Jesus uses this analogy of, of a tree and branches. And if we're the branches and he is the vine and, and we are to remain in him, then, then we are like that branch that is to produce fruit. But what, what, what always encourages me is the fact that the branch doesn't have to think about making the fruit. 
Like the branch isn't like, I hope I make an apple. I hope I make an apple. Please let me make an apple. Please let me make an apple. That's not what the branch is worried about. You know what the branch is worried about? Please let me stay connected to the tree. Please don't let anything come and disconnect me. Please don't ever let me be cut off. Please don't let me be thrown into this pile of dead branches and burn. I don't have to work to produce the fruit. All I have to do is work to stay connected to the tree and the fruit will be a natural byproduct of that. The fruit that we are to produce, love. We wake up every, God, help me to love my neighbor. God, give me patience with that person on Facebook. God, give me more patience with that person. God, give me self-control that I won't open my big mouth and stick my foot in. God, help me to be kind like you are kind. God, help me to be gentle. God, let me be gentle today. God, I have the kids today. I just pray that you would help me to be patient and extra patient. We ask for the fruit, but listen. The fruit should be a natural byproduct of your relation and your connection to the vine. And rather than focusing on the fruit, if we would change and start focusing on remaining connected, the fruit would take care of itself. So that rather than waking up and saying, God, help me to be more patient today, it's just, God, help me to remain connected to you today. And as I'm connected to you, your fruit will be manifest in my life. Now I don't have to worry about being patient. I just have to be worried about being connected to you. But when we disconnect, what does it bring? It brings, it brings death. Isolation brings death. They, they've been studying the effects of social isolation and, and you know, we recognize the effects of isolation from the Father. But even relationally, what, what are the effects of, of isolation and disconnection from, from human interaction and human relationship? And what happens there? They've been, they've been studying the effects of social isolation, scientists and psychologists, and they've been, they've been looking at this. What does that lead to? Increased depression, increased substance abuse, increased domestic abuse, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, and, and, and domestic abuse all are skyrocketing within the last 12 months. Why? Because we've isolated. Because we've disconnected relationally because we've withdrawn to ourselves. And, and this is simply the fruit of that disconnection. A decrease in cognitive function, a decrease in cardiovascular function. Your heart is not as strong as it could when you are in relationship with somebody versus when you are isolated. There are real real effects physically and mentally and emotionally. Why? Because we were created for connection. And when we try and operate outside of our original design and intent, things go wrong. They've actually found that that the effects of social isolation lead to premature death at the same rate as somebody who smokes a pack a day. I don't smoke, no, but you're not connected. The same rate as, 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 as somebody with, with real heart issues, it's at the same rate as somebody with morbid obesity or, or complete physical acti- inactivity. Your life expectancy goes down if you try and do it by yourself. Because we were created 
for connection. It's time for us to come back to this place of connection. And somebody's trying to connect with you right now. (laughs) Better answer that phone and invite them to church. Here's the thing though. And here's, here's what I want you to understand is when it comes to reconnecting, we think that it's all this arbitrary, like, well, I'm not in relationship. Or I don't have friends or I don't have that. No, listen, whether you're connected or not, the choice is yours. It's not anybody else's choice, but yours. You have the choice whether or not you will connect. You have the choice whether or not you will withdraw. You have the choice whether or not you will pursue or whether you will isolate. The choice is nobody's but yours. Your your pastor can't do it for you. Your spouse can't do it for you. Your parents can't do it for you. Nobody can do it for you. You have to choose to do it for yourself. Jesus said, abide in me, remain in me. That word, it's a, it's a verb. It means to continue to be with. If you would choose to continue to be with me and allow me to continue to be with you, you will produce fruit and you will have life and you will bear the, the benefit of that connection and of that relationship. But if you would make the choice to withdraw, you lose out on all of that. The choice is yours. You can either disconnect or you can reconnect. You can withdraw, you can remain. You will produce fruit or you will wither away. You will be productive or you will be useless. Stop blaming it on other people and make the choice yourself. What will you choose to do? When we think about abiding and we think about remaining, I I saw this I saw this illustration and I'm gonna share it with you because I think it, it properly communicates what, what I wanna share today. But there was this illustration that's supposed to be a circle. We'll go with an egg. But let's say that, that our life, our, our time, our week was a pie chart. And if we took our week, we would say, well, there's probably this much time was given to work they probably this much time was given to sleep. Maybe a little bit more time was given to sleep. Say that this much time was given to recreation. This much time was given to eating. This much time was given to our friends. What else do we do during the week? Work, we got work, huh? Family, okay, we can go family, I guess, if you guys wanna spend time with your family, whatever. What's, mi- what's missing? God, okay. So, so what most people say is, I had my time with Jesus. I had my time with Jesus today, right? So we've got time with Jesus. And if we look at this, we would be pretty happy with that. If I could just get all of you, all of us, to commit to spending time with Jesus every week, every day. If we could all take time this week and come back, and if we could all share the the pie chart of our time, and if we could all come back and say, you know what, I designated time with Jesus this week, we would feel really good about ourselves as Christians, wouldn't we? If as your pastor, I could get everybody that attends or watches Dream City online to do this every week, I would have pastors calling me every day saying, how did you do it? 
how did you do it? Because I've been trying to get my people to spend time with Jesus and they just won't. I could write a book. It could be a New York Times bestseller. Let's all just do this so that I can write a book. No, I'm just kidding. That's not the purpose. But if we all did this, we would all feel really good about ourselves as followers of Jesus. And it is that we could choose to live life that way. Or let me try and draw a bigger circle or a better circle. A little better. A little better. I'm growing. Or we could say that this was our life and we've still got work and we've still got sleep and we've still got eating and we've still got family and we've still got friends and we've still got fun and we've still got all of these other things to do. We can, we can say, you know what, Jesus, I, I'm, I'm feeling really good about myself because I designated time to spend with you. Look at me remaining with you. Look at me being connected to you. Or we could say, you know what, all of this, All of this is time with Jesus. And time with Jesus is not 30 minutes when I'm having my coffee in, my, in the morning. Time with Jesus is not, is not when I sit down to read two chapters of my Bible. But even when I go to work and when I walk into my, to my office, I will have a new perspective. I'm not just going to accomplish a task, but I'm going to spend time with Jesus at this opportunity in this mission field that he has called me to. When I go to school, I'm not just going to school, but I'm spending time with Jesus everywhere that I go. What would, what would change in our life if we went from thinking that time with Jesus was a portion of our day to time with Jesus was everything that we did? Man, I tell you, this is how you were created and this is what you were created for and not this. But we want to check it off our box. We want to be good Christians. Jesus, look at me. I started a new devotional today. But you're so proud of me. And he would say, yes, I am. And yes, I'm glad you did. And yes, I want you to learn more about me. But what about when you went out with your friends Friday night and you didn't invite me? <laughs> a, little too, a little too close to home. I'm sorry if I stepped on any toes. But what, ha what would happen if, if that's what our lives look like? Jesus, I'm going to hang out with my friends. What are we doing? We're spending time with you. Jesus, I'm going to a movie, but this movie you might not like, so you might want to just stay in the car for this one. Jesus, I'm hanging out with my friends, but, but you know, they, they kind of they do some stuff. I don't agree with it. That's just what they do, but you might want to just stay home. What if instead it was this attitude and this understanding that me remaining in Jesus is not two hours of my day or four hours of my week, but me abiding and being connected to Jesus was everything that I did every day of my life from the time that I woke up to the time that I went to sleep. The, 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 the thought on the front of my mind was, Jesus, thank you that I get to spend time with you right now in this moment. What would change in our lives? And that's how, we were, that's how we were designed. There's a portion of scripture, I don't have it in my notes. And so I apologize for having to pull it up on my phone. But Psalms, the book of Psalms, if you wanna turn there, you can. I'm gonna read it for you here in just a second. Psalm 139, beginning in verse seven. Here's what the psalmist writes. He says, I can never escape from your spirit and I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. 
If I ride the wings of the morning and if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. Say, no matter where I go, I can't get away from your presence. What if we, what if we had relationship and connection with God on that level? What if we had connection with him to where everything that we did was spending time with him? How would our lives look different? Luis, you can come back to the piano this morning. And I don't know where you're at. Listen, I, I don't know. I don't know what 2020s look like for you. I don't know what connection or disconnection there may be or may not be. I don't know what areas of your life you've chosen to isolate or to withdraw or press in and pursue. I don't know where you're all at. But what I do know is that if you find yourself at a place of disconnection today and you're asking, okay, Pastor John, that sounds great. I want that. I don't wanna be that branch that's cut off and thrown into a, a pile and is burned because it's useless. I wanna be that branch that bears fruit. How do I do that? The good news is all you have to do is ask. All you have to do is open the door. One of my favorite verses, Revelation chapter three in verse 20. Guys, if you wanna go ahead and put that up. Jesus says this, he says, look, look, I stand at the door and knock the door of your heart. I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. And if you hear my voice and if you open the door, then I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. We will commune together. We will be in relationship together. We will be connected together. He says, I'm not gonna kick the door down. I will stand and I will knock and I will keep knocking, but I'm not gonna burst my way into your life. You have to invite me. You have to choose to open the door. You have to choose relationship. Today, if you're disconnected from the Father, all you have to do is open the door. If you're disconnected relationally from, from other people, if you're watching online and you're disconnected, listen, we're here. We would love to connect with you and understand that just because you're here in person doesn't mean that you're connected either. Just because you're here physically does not mean that you're connected relationally. We've got small groups starting this month. Pastor Andre mentioned it. Stop by the table, find a small group. Find people to get connected to. Why? Because you were created with that need. How do I connect to the heart of the Father? Come on Wednesday nights. We've got three classes starting this Wednesday to help you connect in all areas. We've got one on marriage. So if you need to connect to your spouse, awesome. Come on out. If you need to connect to the heart of the Father, awesome. We've got unveiled, come on out. We've got a class on the nature of God. You wanna discover more about him? Awesome, come on out. How do I get connected? You have to take the steps. You have to put in the work. You have to open the door. You have to seek connection. It is here for you to have, but you have to make the choice. This morning, I don't know where you're at, but I wanna give you an opportunity to respond and whatever that looks like for you. And so if you're here today and you say, Pastor John, Maybe I've disconnected from the Father. Maybe I've, maybe I've never connected to Jesus and I've never, never had relationship with him. I've never placed my faith in Jesus Christ as my Lord and as my Savior. I wanna give you the opportunity to do that today. Whether you're here, you're watching online, doesn't matter. Would you do this? Would you bow your heads? Close your eyes. And if that's you, you say, I wanna connect to the heart of the Father. I wanna give my heart to Jesus. I wanna give him my life. I wanna live for him. I wanna be connected to him. I wanna remain in him. 
I want him to produce that fruit in my life. I'm gonna lead you in a very simple prayer. The Bible says that anybody who calls upon the name of the Lord would be saved. So that if we believe in our heart, confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that God raised him from the dead, that our names would be written into his book of life. It says that every one of us at some point is gonna stand before him and give an account for every word that we've spoken, everything that we've done. And if our names are written in his book and if our faith is in Jesus Christ, that when he looks at us, he won't see our sin. He won't see our mistakes. He won't see our past failures. But by the grace of God and through what Jesus has done, he will see the righteousness of his son. Not because of us, but because of him. Today, if that's you, I would just ask that you would pray this prayer in church. Would you help us to pray today? Just pray it from your heart. Pray it out loud. Just say, Jesus, thank you so much that you gave up your life so that I can find true life in you. And today I confess I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I've messed up. I've done things and said things that I am not proud of. But today I ask you to forgive me, to wash me, to cleanse me. I place my faith in you. I place my hope in you. I confess that you are Lord. I believe you are who you said you were. Would you come into my life and change me from the inside out? Start me on a new path. Help me to live for you all the days of my life to remain connected to you and fruitful for you in Jesus' name. Now let me pray for you today. God, I thank you for those that prayed that prayer. God, I pray that you would you would encourage them, that you would strengthen them, God, that you would lead them, that you would guide them, that you would send people to, to encourage and to help them on that journey. And Lord, if they're here locally, they're here in person, they're watching online, Lord, if, if they need connection to a local body, to a local church, God, that they would find that, whether it's Dream City or wherever that might be. Now we need connection. We need to be connected to you. We need to be connected to each other. God, forgive us for withdrawing, forgive us for isolating, forgive us for removing ourselves. But God, we want to remain today. We want to abide in you today. We want to abide together. We love you and we thank you. Go with us this week. Give us opportunities to be salt, to be light, to be accurate reflections of your nature and your character in the world around us. We love you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. Listen, before you're dismissed, if you prayed that prayer for the first time and you're here in person, some of our prayer team is down here. We would love to be able to pray for you, celebrate with you, let you know kind of the next steps. Uh, if not, if there's anything that you have need of, you want us to agree with you in, we'd love to minister to you in that way. If not, be dismissed. Have a great week. We'll see you guys. Those of you online, thank you for being with us today. Love you. Here at Dream City Omaha, we're all about three things helping people discover Christ, recover identity, or uncover purpose. If you enjoyed today's service, we encourage you to check out our past sermon series as well as our discipleship classes. Give us a subscribe, and we hope that we can help you grow no matter where you are.